what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band. Music and interviews you're going to like. This is Chad Austin, and on this episode of I'm With a Band, we have the United Kingdom-based My Darling Clementine, a duet formed by Michael Weston King and Lou Dalglish. They've embarked on their North American tour in support of a new record, and they have stopped by the IWTB studio to say hello. So, hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? Very well, thank you. Very good, good. Thank you. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, expose the audience that we have to you, because you're kind of new around here. Well, it's yeah, it's the first time uh, we've been in North Carolina, and it's uh, the first time that my darling Clementine have been in the States. Individually, we've been over here a number of times, but this is the first time uh, we've been here. But it's the whole thing's kind of new, really, because this is a, a new venture and, uh, and a new record. Well, first of all, let's go uh, some of the obvious questions, like why the name My Darling Clementine, and, and how long have you guys been together as this duet? Right. Well, the name My Darling Clementine came about because um, when when we were having a baby and the baby wasn't born yet, we nicknamed our baby Clementine while she was still in me. And then uh, it just kind of stuck that when we, we decided to form a band together as husband and wife, we, we liked the name Clementine and it just felt like a nice sort of slushy thing to do. <laughs> Plus, we think it's a cool name, yes. My Darling Clementine. So. And it's a great movie. And... Um it's a good, it's a pretty good song as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it ticked lots of boxes for us. That name. <laughs> it did what? It ticked lots of boxes. So is that too? Is that too English? That expression? So go ahead. What does that mean? Um, it it it's oh. It worked on many levels. It, it fulfilled you. various things that it seemed right. Lots you know. of boxes. I have See, to remember that. You've got all your boxes. <laughs> you on said your that form. in a very English way. Yeah. It ticked lots of boxes. Well, you know, right so, uh, <laughs> I have performed for a long time in my life, and uh, the outfit that I play in now, uh, we've been together. This is our fourteenth year. And when we started the first two years, we all spoke with English accents. Really? Yeah, yeah. until somebody came over from Sussex and said, so really exactly where are you from? And I was like, oh, um, it's not very good. I can do it for about a minute. It's oh, a long, short phrase. Well, you've learned a new expression today. That's right. Boxes on a form and you, it ticks them. Tick them. Yeah? No? Should I just Love leave it. it? I'll let it go. <laughs> okay, so country music in England. Now, <laughs> discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how long we got? Well, it... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, country music in England, uh, performed by uh, English or British people, quite rightly has had a pretty bad press because most British artists playing country music generally tend to not be inspired by country music, just replicate it. Get up and play country clubs to line dancers and knock out whatever the country hits are of the day. But there are, in more underground circles, a number of people influenced by country music and and take that and add something original to it. And, um, you know, in, in the way that... You know, uh, with the sort of no depression alt country thing, when the Jayhawks and Uncle Chupelo and these guys came along, there were British bands doing a similar thing uh, in a kind of underground way. So it is out there, um, but what we've done with and that, and that was something I was very much involved in with a, a former band that um, that I had called the Good Sons, and we talked with Steve Earle and Joe Ely and, and the Jayhawks and all these guys. But what we've, Lou and I set out to do with this record was to make something that was not alt country, not alternative, just straight down the line, a pure country record, but 
paying homage really to those great classic duets of the 70s, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, Dolly Parton, Porter Wagner. And um, you know, we involved people who really understood that kind of music and that's where, where we've gone with this record. So we're not trying to be kooky or alternative. This is just a pure country record, but from the time when country music I felt was good, not essentially what's happening in the mainstream country now. You know? Well, you know, most people think of the British invasion when they think about the music scene. This very punkish mm. in England. Yeah. It's very uh, it's very pop-oriented. Mm. Uh, very techno, too. It's a big mm. thing over the year. So well, what? how large is this underground network that you're talking about? And I'm just talking about the England ver- the English version right yeah. now. Well, you know, it's... it's it, Again, not because it doesn't really fit with what we're doing with this record, but the sort of more left field kind of uh, there's a lot of it happening now. I mean, it, it, when I was with the Good Sons, that was gosh, 15, 20 years ago when that was happening, and it was kind of hard because nobody was really getting it. But the British press, like with magazines like No Depression, have sort of embraced it, and there are a number of great British bands and artists being influenced by good country music and adding, you know their punk influence or their rock influence to it and coming up with something interesting. So there's plenty of it about. Unfortunately, um, though, there's a huge scene of, of the very sort of uncool um, country music as well back home, which uh, we're not really associated with, but we kind of, we, we, we're appreciated by that crowd too, so that's fine. Guilt by association. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Now what's the, what do you consider the uncool country music? Well, there's just a lot of um, people that are, they're almost parodying country and that they, you know, it's all about being able to um, get up and line dance, really. And there's right. nothing wrong with line dancing when it's the real deal. But there is a kind of, um, it's like a phase um, amongst a lot of uh, older people, actually, sort of hone in on this kind of, uh, it's a very sort of two-dimensional country music, which hasn't really got any depth or anything to say, but it's a nice beat to sort of tap along and a nice tune. And, and there's a lot of it about. And... Um, you get a lot of you get a lot of um, you know English people who've never been to America, but they live their sort of American fantasy by on a weekend dressing up as you know John Wayne or whatever and going down to the local <laughs> yeah. dance club to listen to some bad English band play "Achy Breaky Heart" ten times. You know that. So every time we hear yeah, like we're yeah. British country, it's like oh, actually we're not we're not that, but we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who uh, who played with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus okay. for a while in the. You would not believe how much he loathes that song. They all do. And you know, there's a there's an old uh, saying about you sell your soul for rock and roll or country. The truth of that is, is when you get a hit song, it's never the song you want to be the hit. It's always going to be some some song. A throwaway. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're stuck playing that for the rest of your life, yeah. and that's what it is with those guys. Yeah. But anyway, it's funny. I haven't heard the achy breaky heart. Name in a, yeah, in a long time. <laughs> well, probably it isn't now. It's probably, you know, I don't know, some Garth Brooks song or a Kenny Chesney, Chesney song yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's... Um, it's a scene. It's a scene yeah, that, that you know, is, is, is um, kind of not considered to be particularly cool, although they probably think it is. Sure. <laughs> so how are you guys embraced by the country scene here with Nashville, the music machine and all that? Well, we, we, it's very early days with this record because literally it came out this week. So, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've been fortunate to tour with people like Towns Van Zandt and Chris Hillman and Roger McGuinn and, uh, I said, like Steve Earle and people like this. So, obviously, they're not within the, they're obviously credible artists with a huge country influence, but not part of any Nashville scene, you know. So, with this record, I don't know, we, we might be selling coals to Newcastle, another English expression. Mm-hmm. You look Do you know like that one? That like no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> selling coals to Newcastle is like you know, selling uh, selling snow to the Eskimos, you know. Gotcha, something, gotcha. Yeah. So, 
But I don't think so because this record is n- nobody's making records like this in Nashville now, right? You right. know, because um, we're, we're we're doing the old. We're style. trying to make records right, like right. they made in Nashville in 1973. You know, right, so, right. Um, But what's really important, I think, what's different about this record as well is that um, there are no covers on it. So we're, we're writing in a style and a, a genre that um, when you hear it, a, a lot of people have said that they feel as if they've heard these songs before because they have a they have a ring of. of um, old classics but actually it's very important to us to reinforce they are all new songs right right so and they're well we, done they're thank well done. you but we wanted the new songs to sound like they were written back then and and recorded back then and we we've, we feel we've achieved that so we kind of set in a different era but here we are well now who are you both writers we are yeah so does one start out with the idea first oh listen not only are we both writers we're a married couple so the whole process has just been a domestic dispute from beginning to end (laughs) all the songs sort of emulate you know a a couple that are getting back together splitting up getting back together splitting up having a row you know and it's us it's basically us because our songwriting happens at home in the kitchen and uh you know, the arguments are about where the chord should be and where the, which lyric works. And boy, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a ride, you know, it's a rocky ride that we, but we get there in the end. So uh, the process is, um, the, but we both write and we both bring ideas to each other and then we bust up a bit and then we, we settle down and usually we, we both end up happy in the end. So or, or he just does what I tell him. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so when you uh, when you have your ideas, do you do you butt heads on the ideas as well? Oh yes. Well, we butt heads all the time, really. But no, somebody will, you know, Lou will write a song, or I'll write a song, or we we'll write songs together. But then each of us will sort of chip in with little. Yeah, I'm being slightly unfair. Of course, if it were continually butting heads, then it wouldn't have worked. We, we both we've been together a long time. We both have the same um, ideas, and and we both have the same um, ambitions about our music. So actually, it's organically perfect because we, you know, we both know what we want, and we we. It's it's a kind of nice situation, even though I kid around about it being really difficult, which it can be. But on Basically, the whole, Basically, Chad, Lou writes the good songs, I write the fillers. That's, that's what right. she <laughs> <laughs> kind of Only kidding, folks. There's no fillers on this record. It's no all fillers. Pure, it's no all good stuff. And actually, in fairness, he writes most of them. I'm too busy looking after our little girl Mabel and, and uh, being mom. He he finishes the songs off. So, with you guys having a, an uh, an older style that you're trying to bring back up to today's standards. The, the question that I want well, it's to not ask. really up to today's standards because I think the standard of country music was at its height then rather than now you know I mean uh, right. in the in, it's certainly in the in the authenticity in the, in the songwriting you know because I think if we're talking about country music as perceived by what's happening in Nashville right. then that is really you know it's about as far removed from Hank Williams and Johnny Cash as yeah. you know Iron Maiden you know I mean right, it's, right. it's and so <clears throat> To me, the, the classic period of country music in the sixties and seventies is what I love and what we're trying to, you know, what we're, what we call country music. Anyway. So let me re- let me rephrase my question then. So you, so to jump on you there, Chad. Sorry. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, so you're trying to reintroduce the classic country. Yes. What you're trying to in do. Way, yeah. So and in, in doing so, uh, as somebody who loves to tinker in the studio, I have to ask. So what what format are you using to record in? Well, it was all, we recorded this album all analog, so it was all mostly live. And uh, Michael, I'll give you a list of the fantastic players that we use. These guys yeah, were well, just amazing. The real deal. Yeah. It was well. We, the originally were going to come to the states and record it, but for various reasons that didn't work out. And in hindsight, now I'm really glad that we didn't do that because it almost would have been the kind of cliched thing to do, really. But we used. Um, 
Uh, Neil Brockbank uh, produced the record, who's produced uh, six or seven Nick Lowe records. Uh, he's done some records with Tiff Merritt and various people. But Neil's a, an older guy who's been around the block a few times. The musicians on the album are all from that sort of uh, English pub rock scene that came that pr- produced bands like Graham Parker and The Rumor and Elvis Costello and, and Nick Lowe, of course. So a lot of the musicians play with Nick and played with Elvis. Martin Belmont's the guitar player who was in Graham Parker and The Rumor for many years. These guys, and, and also played with Johnny Cash and you know, uh, Carleen Carter and everything. So they, these guys know and love their country music for me as much as anybody, you know. And uh, so there was an authenticity in their sound and their approach. And it was very live. It was all set up one big room and let's play, you know. And uh, I think you get that sort of feeling, the live feeling of it because of the way we did it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're in Chalk Farm in London instead of, instead of yeah. the USA. So <laughs> there's a little twist on it. Chalk Farm is a place in London. Right. Yeah, so we were, you know... It, Not a farm out in the field. Yeah, it's it sounds like, cool. It's, Camden it's Town. Actually, Camden Town. We're in right. London. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, we've got twists on the, uh, on the real deal. Yeah. So mm. who, who is touring with you? Right now, mm-hmm. it's just us. Yeah, this first trip over is just, uh, you know, just the two of us. We haven't got the wherewithal to bring everybody over. When we're touring in the UK, we're going out as a seven-piece band with, with basically with the guys who are, who are on the album. But this first trip over is just the uh, acoustic version. But it's quite nice because it means that we can take it on the road, just the two of us with a guitar and a piano and a tambourine. You know, it, it right. works because the songs. Uh, what's so important to us is that the songs are good and not just that. It's not, not not just about the fantastic music that that the musicians have uh, provided it's about the songs and so being able to just go on tour the two of us and just give those songs to the audience in their raw form with just a guitar you know that's that's if they're working like that then that's that's what matters to us so we next time we can bring the band but for now it's good to be able to on this tour so far though we have picked up different musicians along the way which has been great american players in new york we we put a, a small band together for half the set we had a great musician pedal steel player up in rochester called kevin mall who played the whole set with us who was fabulous so that so that's great and you know to pick up different people along the way oh, sure. and uh, you know so um so it's working on different levels really you know but uh, but hopefully next year we can do a full tour with the whole bring the whole my darling clementine experience mm. to the good people of america see a whole set of safari suits instead of just one <laughs> <laughs> lots of polyester on the stage i tell you it's a hot experience well why don't uh, you give us the uh the scaled down version that you're doing with right now and let us hear a song uh, all right okay well what should we play first well, let's do the first track off the album which is by a thread
should come between summer and their dreams. But holding on like this, it's not the answer for us now. Hanging by a thread, neither alive nor dead, it's no use to us now. We should just let go. Cellar City Club, Hickory's premier music venue, is the place to go for music events, wedding dinners or receptions, company retreats, reunions, and more. Contact Main Cellar at 828-345-6246 or find us on Facebook and Twitter for all your entertainment updates. We are back and rolling, and uh, we're here with uh, my darling Clementine, but first got to give a shout out to our sponsor. I feel really goofy doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway because if I don't, then she'll start throwing stuff at me. <laughs> we'll not watch chat. It's all right. We'll, we'll okay, yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Please shield your eyes. Uh, Main Cellar City Club is our sponsor. It's in downtown Hickory. It's a music and event venue. Uh, some other upcoming shows include Little River Band and Bad Company, and it's actually a very intimate setting, a very fun place to go, and I'm really glad that Hickory finally clued into getting a place like this. Um, you bad can, Company? The Bad Company? Yeah. We're All back right. together? Who's yeah, the, yeah, well, I think it's the... The singer Paul Rogers, yeah, 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 cool. Um, it's a really neat venue because it's there's 300 seats. Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, every show that I've seen there so far has been phenomenal. Mm. Um, if you want to hear more about the mesh, you can go to the mesh.tv. Our voicemail line is 828-619-0048, or you can email us at info at the mesh.tv. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> was that said with beautiful emphasis <laughs> okay I'm going to go back to something you guys were talking about about recording the album as analog do you mean you were recording in reel to reel 
Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How lucky. The old-fashioned way. <laughs> well, you know, you can actually tell that the album was recorded live, and but it's a very good feel that a lot of bands don't have that feel anymore because most bands will record track at a time or mm-hmm. an instrument at a time, mm-hmm. overdub after overdub. So yeah. that, that's got a very clean feel, and I applaud you for doing that because I know how difficult that is. How many takes were some of these songs? Well, actually, because the musicians are so amazing, it was just, it, it all kind of just happened. One or two takes, really. Yeah, no, I really? made plenty I mean, not mistakes. everything. We still then we overdubbed the odd thing, a bit of steel here, a bit of guitar. Sure, but sure. The, the generally, it all went down, and a lot of the vocals went down live as well, which is very rare, for, certainly for me. <laughs> but again, <laughs> yeah, but there was such a, you know, interaction as we are playing. I think... Uh, it lent itself to you know maybe a better performance than sitting there with headphones on singing afterwards, you know. So. And also, when you when you don't record live, you tend to really overanalyze what you've put down. Oh, that wasn't quite right. Let's just do that again. Oh, let's just do that right, again. Right. Whereas when you are recording live, you tend to allow for what you might in a different setting think was a mistake or or you know not quite as good maybe as you would like to have done right. it. But actually, those kind of rough. A less smooth bits work right. because of the whole performance as opposed to the individual performances of each instrument. I think you're right. I also think it lends through to more of happy accidents. Absolutely, mm. yeah. yes. yes and Nick sure. Neil comes from that, you know, obviously he's having worked with Nick Lowe and Nick Lowe's uh, name, nickname is Basher, you know. His, his, his uh, recording um, modus operandi was, was we bash it down and we tart it up. <laughs> and uh, so we kind of bashed it down and didn't really tart it up. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you guys going to be uh, touring the States? Uh, well, we've been here for 10 days and we've got uh, two or three more days to go. So we've just, just, really? just been here for two weeks, yeah. So uh, uh, then we go back to it, to England, but we've got you know, a full-on schedule when, when we get back there with touring the UK and um, some European dates and then starting work on the next record as well, actually, all before the end of the year. So, so are you guys pretty relentless with the way you're handling this project? Yes, we are. You could say that. It's been quite full-on yeah. this, uh, this year so far, yeah. Mm. But, uh, well, now you have solo. A solo career. Both do you have do. both of you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we both had in, independent solo careers, but um, and it was interesting because obviously being married and 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 we had a child, Mabel, who's who's sitting right behind us, being very quiet. I have to say, good girl, Mabel. Um, it was a case of once we once we decided to have a child, uh, one of us had to kind of sit back and and be at home, and that was me. I wanted to do that, so Michael carried on with his solo career. While I uh, took a back seat for a while and was mom, and that was lovely. But then, as Mabel grew a little bit, and we decided, and I was really ready to get back out there again, we thought instead of um, being two separate artists, why don't we actually just try and work together on this? <laughs> and as it so happened, because Michael was always um, sort of country folk, um, alt country background, and I was more pop jazz if you like and we kind of thought well we, we, we're in separate genres we just you know that's not, we're never the twain shall meet sort of thing but then as as the years passed and we started to um, uh, work with each other's music a little bit it started to mesh together and before we knew it we realised actually we are very compatible musically we don't have to work separately oh, that was a nice discovery and um, we both had this passion to write mu- music, country music and it all just again organically fell into place so I now we're I just bashed head with Tom T. Hall records and <laughs> yeah. the record. Out, he educated me. Moved all the jazz records from the house. And yeah, I got, I got, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm glad for it because now I feel like we've really sort of found our direction that works as a, as a family, if you like. And so cool. what, what jazz and pop background did you have? I used to, I was always writing. So I wrote um, 
I, I mean, I, I grew up listening to Frank Sinatra and, and Ella Fitzgerald and, and, and along with that, listening to the Beatles and Neil Young. So I had um, my, my background, my childhood was very much, um, in fact, looking down and frowning quite a lot on country. You know, it was considered quite naff in our house that it wasn't the thing at all. Right. So my, my natural sort of genre of, of songwriting was very much um, sort of adult pop. You know, I, I was listening to a lot of, um, you know, Annie Lennox. And I was very much the sort of, independent female songwriter that mm -hmm. had something to say rather believe it or not rather than um just you know wanting to sell out and, and be in the you know the genre that i don't particularly like which is the where women exploit themselves quite a lot so i had quite a, a kind of a political angle on my songwriting but my the music was very much um influenced by you know the pop music that I'd been brought up on and, and very much the jazz and I used to play a lot at a Ronnie Scott's club um, which is um, kind of a, it, you know it was a well-known club in, in uh, the UK which was uh, very nice I was fortunate enough to be able to play there and do quite a good um, you know I was kind of doing the circuit of uh, reasonably well-respected level. But uh, then he came along and ruined it all for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before, before she leaves, you know, she told people like Brian Ferry and uh, uh, who else? Uh, Sophie B. Hawkins and people like this. And then, then she's ended up touring with me, so it's been a <laughs> downward trajectory. So how did you guys meet? Through Elvis Costello. Wow. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not as good as it sounds. He didn't, he didn't introduce us. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou had... Um, um, we, I lived in Liverpool and Lou lives in Birmingham and uh, somehow within the music, you know, industry word, I heard that Lou um, had written a thesis on the lyrics of Elvis Costello, <laughs> a huge Elvis fan. And so I hunted it down just because I wanted to read this uh, it wasn't because he fancied me. Nothing it was because he wanted to read my... It was purely, yeah. I just wanted... It was intellectual. It, it was, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's, well, that's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. that. It's that old no. chat-up line, oh, can I read your thesis? You know, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the boys it say to works. me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, and then there we are. So, that so was, we that. really hit it off. We both discovered it, that we both were, you know, competing for who was the biggest Elvis Costello fan. Right. And, um, and of course, we both had that um, moment in our... In our, in our a few years ago where we both heard Almost Blue by Elvis Costello which was the turning point for both of us in terms of certainly I mean it really had an impact on you didn't it? Oh, it did, yeah. And I for mean, me having thought well, you know country music is naff I suddenly heard it in a whole new light and thought hey you know what if Elvis Costello thinks this is cool <gasps> let me listen to this and then so he educated me as well, not sure. just my husband. <laughs> he had a say in it. I think that record was quite pivotal for a lot of people who were your know, country music not really been something that you would, you know, you maybe only heard it through your parents and it might have been some right, Jim, right. Jim Reeves record or whatever. But, you know, I grew up sort of, you know, punk and post-punk and, you know, I, and Costello was my man. And by the time he'd made Almost Blue, which I think was 81, 82, that opened up a whole world of country music for me, especially the stuff that Elvis had recovered on that record, you know, whether it be Graham Parsons or whether it be, you know, Harlan Howard, George Jones, the, the classic artist. And then from there on, I sort of then really got involved in this sort of American folk country like Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, John Prine, sort of great, you know, Rodney Crowell, those kind of songwriters, you know. So that um, was a real turning point for me that, yeah. There's a, a lot of artists as their careers develop and they get a chance to start exploring themselves a little bit. Mm. After they get past their popularity pop phase, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. They get a chance to kind of say, "Well, I want to see. I want to investigate some other avenues." Mm. Usually, I think that's when the artist really kind of develops. Mm. Uh, my favorite artist is Sting, 
And right. he's even got a couple of nods to country. Uh, Filler Up was done on his last Brand New Day album, which okay. is all country. And as a matter of fact, he even had a, a country artist guest star on it. Singing really? It. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, well, he wrote that song that um, um, was on the, one of the Johnny Cash American albums, which is a fantastic song. It's like a Marty Robbins kind of outlaw song. And when I heard it, I can't remember what it's called now. That is, that's Filler Up. Is, that, mm-hmm. is it Filler Up? I'm almost with the guy because it's about... Is the one where about the guy shoots the... He takes the cash box and leaves. He, 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 the gas station, robs the gas station for his Oh, girl. is that the one? Okay. I hung my head. What? I hung my head. I hung no, my that's, head. That's, no, we're talking about a country song. Right, I hung my head is the one that's the country song he's talking about, where the guy shoots somebody, the kid shoots somebody. That's right, yeah. Oh, oh right, right, right. And that's a Sting song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really... And you knew that over me? Note to self, I do not like Alan Jackson. <laughs> It is, it's a, a, Damn. and I must admit, I'm, I'm not a big Sting fan, and I was like blown oh. away by that song. I couldn't believe that it was, I, I just thought, oh, this sounds like, you know, it's a, and hats off to the Geordie Maestro. To the Sting. Yeah, yeah but it yeah. was a great song, and, um, but yeah, no, well, as you say, and then Willie always made this record on a you know, loot album, but I suppose, yeah, once you've got that established, and you can get, go yeah. off in different directions you want, but uh, we've just not got established, but still go off in the direction. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Why wait? You're like, you're like the rest of us. <laughs> well, you guys do a good job at what you do, so uh, well, thank, thank you. you. Don't worry about it. it, it <laughs> one day, it just may come for you. Um, so, what else would you guys like to cover? Would you like to talk about the album itself? Um, well, I think we, I don't know what else we can say about what it. Really, just go and buy it. If you love George Jones and Sammy Minette and that kind of music, then you, I don't think you will, uh, you know, not like this record. So, uh, but um, we can maybe just play another song off it. Would we like have converted that? a few people as well, haven't we? People that we had a lot of people coming up at our shows saying, you know, I don't think I don't think I liked country music, but I love what you're doing. So there's, you know, I hate to say it, but there's an accessibility for what well, we're doing to people who don't like record, yeah. because no. it's it's catchy. <laughs> what is the, what is your website address again? I know I can't remember because it's got the dot UK at the end of it. It's, it's my darling Clementine music. It's important the music bit gets added. Right. Otherwise, you go to the movie. So my darling Clementine music. Music.co.uk. Uh, good. The reason why I want you to say that is because I went there, and of course, I was doing some background on you guys, and I wound up listening to all the eight tracks that were on the, uh, the little jukebox that's on your side. All okay, right. right. Yeah, and it's, it's fantastic. So I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank right. you. The, the site's quite funky. Our, uh, our manager's wife designed that, and um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So she a couple of good funny time. videos as well, and well, funny, but you know, they're kind of like. There's there's, what, a, there's a video of us. Um, well, there's a track called Roses, which is our sort of take on the if you like it's our answer to Jackson um, but we, um, we we recorded this video we filmed it and we, the idea is that it's a couple that are kind of falling out and not getting along too well and we acted it so well it was un- <laughs> uncanny we managed to pull it off perfectly you didn't can't we? tell whether we're waiting to go into the divorce court or waiting to go into the registry <laughs> office to get married it's, it's, but anyway check it out folks it's a, it's a fun video it's very well shot anyway <laughs> it's, it's, all your music is very well done so I hope they do check you guys out <laughs> well you. why don't you guys lead us out with another song alright we'll play a song called uh, what should we play Goodbye Week yeah okay right. this yeah. is uh, yeah, a song called Goodbye Week which is um uh, well, in the in the classic country tradition of um, you know somebody leaving another person, and uh, yeah, it goes like this. So this is goodbye I can't bring myself to speak. I just don't know what to do. Now you're not around. The lights they no longer shine. 
the bars that are yours and mine I just don't know what to do This goodbye we threw Somehow I found you at the station That old suitcase in your hand Like smoke leaves a chimney stack you went away without looking back Now you can't face those rooftops again So this is goodbye week I can't bring myself to speak I just don't know what to do Now you're not around The lights, they no longer shine And the bars that were yours are mine Forsake me and take your longings when you rest. And in these days of my misfortune, there is no light that makes this dark room shine when you're not here. Make it shine when you're not here. Stack. You went away and I'm coming back Now I can't face those rooftops again No, this is goodbye week I can't bring myself to speak I just don't know what to do Now you're not around The lights, they no longer shine In the bars that we go Michael, Lou, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, folks. Our pleasure, Chef. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.